Hey, what's up, man? Hopefully a few people will file in here. We'll give them a few minutes and uh, I'll send out a couple more tweets and hopefully a few people will file in here as we uh, get started. I am muted. That's why you're not listening to me at all. Thanks. Oh, sorry. Did you get that? Yeah, in that bottom left, there's a, there's a button there. Yeah. Just saw it. Um, how is my sound? Perfect. It sounds fan. Fine. Good. It sounds great. Yeah. Are you on your phone? I am, which luckily, like the internet's out of my office. Like maybe two minutes after I got off that other appearance, uh, which was a Zoom call, it went down. Which is funny, but yeah, we're, we're rolling. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we might as well just go ahead and get started. It seems like people are kind of uh, slowly, slowly rolling in here. See a few familiar faces. So. Yeah, we might as well go ahead and get started. Thank you, everybody, for jumping in. Obviously, thanks, Andy, for taking the time out of your schedule to jump on here. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Just counting down the minutes until we get Aaron Rodgers to Malik Taylor. Yeah. Tight ends, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Another, yeah, another big Bob Tunyon. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, Tunyon today, big. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's a fantastic game the last few weeks. Haven't been haven't been too good on Thursday night football, but tonight should be great. Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and get rolling. Welcome everybody. This is the week eight of our weekly Twitter Spaces. Um, Russ Thomas at Rusty Bill on Twitter. This evening, I'm joined by our co-host Andy Molitar. Uh, most of you guys probably know Andy from Twitter. It's he's at Andy M S F W. Um, but what you know, what he's really famous for is the Deep Dive podcast, and I'm sure everybody really knows him from the Deep Dive podcast with uh, with Drew Denzik, who we had on in week three, I believe. That was a great conversation with Drew. So he's uh, he's the better half of the Deep Dive podcast. So I'm sure a bunch of you people have listened to him on there. If not, go ahead and subscribe to that. Uh, but also, Andy's got all kinds of other stuff going on. Um, he's the director of content for a new company called Bet Spurts which is uh, kind of a new uh, gambling app for better, better lack of a term. I'm sure we'll talk, we'll talk a bunch about that and I'm sure he can uh, answer that a little bit more than I, I can. Um, we've also got a, um, a weekly or a daily show that's called the Brown Bag Sports or Brown Bag Bets. Geez, sorry, I'm reading, uh, I'm reading Bet Sports and Brown Bag Bets is his daily show. Um, so yeah, you've got all kinds of stuff going on and I believe Andy, you're a Minnesotan. Is that correct? What part of Minnesota are you in, Andy? I am down in Rochester. Okay. Not nice enough where we don't have to, I don't deal with traffic, but it's big enough that we have two targets, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're not that far from me at all. I'm in Omaha, and so you're probably only like five or six hours north of me. Oh, yeah, I've been down there. Yeah, I've been last up to time, Minneapolis a bunch. <laughs> last time we drove to Denver to visit family, oh, my yeah. wife wanted to stop halfway. I said, so I booked a hotel in Council Bluffs, and I got a text a couple minutes later. That she checked out the hotel, and it was funny how the hotel shared a parking lot with the casino. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't even know. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I actually drove over to uh, Council Tucky, is what we call it. It's a little bit of a yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I drove over the, over there today to make some bets on uh, on the game tonight, just because most of the stuff, it you know, it's still illegal in Nebraska, so it's like a fifteen minute drive over the border to to Iowa. So I know exactly where you're staying. Exactly, very familiar with that. 
But yeah, the plan today, we'll probably get into, just like last few weeks, we'll probably get into a little bit of what Andy's got going on, some of his projects. Um, like I said, bet spurts and all of that. We'll chat with chat about that a little bit. Um, then we're going to get into his handicapping process, you know, the standard, what he does for uh, NFL games week to week, how he breaks them down, stuff like that. And then, you know, we'll lead into breaking down some of the bigger games on the week eight slate. And uh, as always, at the end, we'll open it up, up for questions. Anybody has any questions or any games that we don't hit on, go ahead and, you know, keep that in the back of your mind and we'll open it up for questions at the end. Um, it's just a small reminder. We do this every week throughout the season. It's usually either a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. And I basically started doing the Twitter space for a couple reasons. You know, one is to give some of these guys, some of my gambling friends and people I've met on uh, Twitter, just a, a platform to talk about some of the things they have going on and some of the projects they have in their lives. And then um, second, like I said, it's it's so great to just uh, change handicapping philosophies, exchange handicapping philosophies and, uh, you know, kind of just see how different people handicap the nfl and to uh, get different takes like like you know some weeks we have on media guys some weeks we have on uh, straight analytics guys and i think andy's kind of in the middle of both of those things so it'll be interesting to see to see his approach to it um you know see if he uses a little bit more analytics a little more numbers driven or it's uh or if it's um you know kind of uh kind of the eye test so to speak uh, like I said, at the end, we will open it up for uh, questions. That's what I do enjoy about this platform is how it's so open. Um, at the end, we'll we'll take a bunch of questions. And if it's the first time here, yeah, thanks for coming. Always appreciate you taking some time out of your day to uh, chat some NFL football with us. It's uh, should be a good good chat and should be a a fantastic game. All right, Andy. First off, uh, how has the uh, how's the NFL season gone for you so far? It's, it's been up and down. It, it feels like uh, I had a winning weekend last week, and it just it didn't even feel like right. it. Right. <laughs> no. so many so many games were. At, it's been just a backward season for me for some of those where bet, some of those bets you feel so good about, and they they just go right down the crapper, and then you end up winning a few games where you got negative CLV. And right. You ended up thinking you made a bad bet, and uh, yeah, I'm. I'm my ass is still burning over that Washington bet still. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was... Washington plus 10 just still – I think that might haunt me for years. I was going to bring that up also. I was I was on the other side of that. And it's just exactly like you said. I had the Packers, and I just felt so dirty. You know, that's just one of those things that you just feel completely dirty. Because obviously the Washington football team was the complete right side in that game. And I watched most of the game with my buddies and were just sitting there, you know, going, how the hell is this still – 24 for 24 10 or whatever it was it was basically you know basically a two-score game the entire second half because uh, the washington football team just couldn't get in the end zone yeah again and you know this is one of those things you, you, you bet enough games you do it long enough you're gonna be the guy that had the packers that day or you know we're just you know maybe maybe you end yeah. up on the right side of some of these i mean i've, I've been on a, i've been on the other side of these two it all evens out in the end so i right. try not to let it haunt me but it, it's it still cost me some sleep somehow yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was a very very strange game for sure. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, other things you have going on, like the the bet sports bet sports thing. Um, I have, I was familiar with bet sports kind of when they got started, just as sort of a, a a bet tracking app. Can you talk a little bit about what they do in addition to that? I know you guys have all kinds of uh, you know pick releases and um, con uh, you know uh, tracking and stuff like that. Yeah, boy, it changes every day what we're doing around here because 
I think we're, and I think we're fine with that as far as yeah, just yeah, absolutely. Directions. Yeah, you know, uh, Betsperts acquired the Fantasy Life, which is a really massive. I'm not a huge fantasy football guy. I play in a few leagues, sure. with buddies, but there is a robust community of fantasy football players out there still. Just because I, you know, quote unquote, grew out of it or you know moved on to different things doesn't mean anyone else did. Apparently, there, you know, when when we first started looking at it, it was like May, and there's people just constantly back and forth. Oh yeah, bickering about fantasy and getting opinions from each other. So that's been a fun acquisition. And then obviously the four for four to getting them on as far as sure. you know, just some heavy football tools, heavy picks, and a few other things they do over there as well as fantasy and DFS and some good guys. I don't know if anyone's familiar. Yeah, you know, like we we you know uh, Noonan and uh, a couple of the other guys over there that we've done some stuff with in the past. So some some good opportunities to network with some people just via you know, working with them now has been great, but at the same time, some pretty big projects on the horizon here. We're going to be delving into some other bigger, bigger sports that, uh, you know, we aren't covering as much as those, those entities are really football heavy where there's a lot of betting going on in other sports, especially basketball, golf, things like that, that are currently going on. So some, some big stuff around the corner that uh, is getting worked on now that uh, fundraising time is over and, you know, there's some money to reinvest into some fun projects. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, it seems like if if anybody listening hasn't checked it out, the website and the app is uh, just top notch. The user experience is is just top notch. Um, yeah, and you, yeah, like you said, every time I go on the uh, website, there's something different up there, and you know, a new a new site or a new uh, company that you guys have acquired, and that's awesome. I had no idea that you acquired that four for four. I def I had read some of their stuff years ago when it was free, you know, back in the day, and obviously that's not a very uh, successful business model. So that I didn't know that you guys had acquired them. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The uh, the deep dive was acquired by Bet Spurts, right? Oh, yeah, I didn't even mention that. It was the best acquisition. I mean, yeah. They, okay, cool. They probably got a hell of a deal because I'm not, <laughs> apparently I'm not a great negotiator. But, no, they, uh, um, well, they, I, we, I work for them. So we acquired the deep dive. That's when I ended up coming on. I was offered a job when I came on. Great. I was talking to somebody about that the other day. I sold a company a few years ago, ended up taking a job as a consultant with the company that acquired me right. and before that I was self-employed and then this job was just kind of offered up when I sold the podcast so the, I think the last time I like actually job hunted has been like 15 years yeah and well that's that's it's, it's, fantastic it's, been, it's been a weird uh my life's been weird as far as um career path I guess but so sure. no, enjoying it over here and yeah the, the getting getting the deep dive acquired was big you know, we were able to stick a bunch of money into equipment, get some yeah. nice mics, get some good equipment, get some support in that manner. And that's, uh, yeah, the relationship there overall has been great, especially with bringing on some sponsors to get some of that stuff paid for. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a – the deep – I mean, I listen twice a week. I think it's twice a week every Sunday. And then the the picks, the picks one that comes out on Wednesday, I yep. big one. But yeah, anybody that's not a, not familiar with the deep dive, definitely check that out and subscribe. Um, Drew talked about that a little bit, how it kind of got started and how you guys met and stuff like that. I think you guys are like on your 400th episode. Is that something like that? Over 400. Is that right? Oh man, I don't even look at the numbers. It's, it's gotta nuts. Be close. It's got to be. It's got to be close to it. Now that we we've done some bonus episodes, that that's the most fun too. Is yeah, doing some four- of these random bonus episodes hockey nba boxing yeah. we've done some fun stuff like that and then the off season is always a hoot too because we just we don't ever have a plan for that we just kind of go by the seat of our pants and we have a big list of people we want to talk to and 
I think probably to get some users involved in that as well is just like maybe we can do some a straw poll and some guests that we haven't had on that some people that listen to the podcast want on because yeah. I, you know it's, when we were early on in this we didn't have the reach we didn't have the network to maybe get some of those people on and now that we know a lot more people I think there's probably some a decent opportunity to get some some bigger guests on this year with some uh, pretty good football and other sport conversations honestly I enjoy the the conversations that aren't NFL because I learn a lot. Yeah, I really, I really like the NBA one we did because I just acted, I acted the part of the rube as far as sure, asking sure. through yeah. through questions. Yeah, that's how I like, would be. Hey, help, yeah. help me out. <laughs> yeah. No, I really enjoy the uh, the one with Andy McNeil. I have my, I have a, I do NFL and then I do hockey. I have a hockey model, and so that's started going full swing. And every year, I look forward to Andy McNeil's, um, you know, guest spot on your guys's podcast because he's a really sharp, you know, one of the few really sharp hockey media media guys that kind of puts himself out there. So I always love that that episode. Um, but yeah, I just checked it out. Four hundred and eighth episode this week. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, seriously, that's a, I mean, congrats on that in itself. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a ton. Wow. And for sure, too, the the Andy McNeil thing, just a real quick shine on him. Yeah. He, he's doing a lot more this year. Yeah, like he, he is. You know, he was just doing some visa and stuff last year. If you guys, if anybody likes to bet hockey or wants to bet yep. some hockey, I mean, that guy's putting out an article every day and then updating it later in the day with a bunch of picks. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, if you do, I mean, any any of the DFS, you know, surrounding hockey or anything with betting, yeah. like he has a ton of prop stuff in there that you can use for, you know, betting or DFS. So he, he's a wealth of knowledge as far as hockey goes. And yeah, like you said, I don't see a lot of a lot of other guys doing a ton of you know yeah. good hockey content. There's two or three that you know that I follow that mm-hmm. have some good stuff, and Andy's definitely right up there. Yeah, and you know, and for free, it's very, very inexpensive. Oh, I yeah. think I think Vsen's kind of doing the uh, kind of a marketing thing. Like he he, this is what he said on your podcast is they were kind of using the hockey as kind of a marketing thing. So most of the hockey stuff on Vsen is uh, is all without a paywall. So I check that stuff every day. Yeah, Andy's a Andy's a great dude. I'm glad we got a little talking hockey in on the NFL chat for sure. <laughs> But we can move on here a little bit and chat about. Um, let's get into a little bit about your, uh, you know, your handicapping process and the week to week process that you guys do. I know that just by listening to the deep dive, I know that you look into the opening lines and look ahead lines on your you guys' Sunday Sunday podcast. So on Sunday, these guys are. Uh, you know, while the games are going on, they're looking at lines for next week and looking at uh, the look-ahead lines from last week and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about your process and how you basically how you make your NFL bets? Yeah, we started to do that a couple of years ago where we were doing the Sunday night and we did a podcast and we started to get some DM. I think that's kind of where a lot of the live streaming can. And eventually we would have, you know, pivoted to video and done some more live streaming but sure. we were doing those podcasts and we were picking off some early numbers here or there and then you know some people said like i listened to this podcast like eight hours later <laughs> right right and those numbers aren't there like that's this, awesome it's it's fun but i i would like to bet those too you, you should do this live and that's turned into a lot of fun because there's yeah. a lot of fun guys that get into the chats 
that are giving us feedback, that are giving us, you know, some information that sometimes we missed, which is great. Yeah. There's always, every show, there's at least like two injury news pieces that we miss that somebody quickly brings up. So, I mean, the chat is a vital part of uh, what we're doing there because we can't keep up on everything, especially immediately after all the games on Sunday. I try to take as many notes as I can. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, we always do miss something. So, love those guys that uh, get into the chat every Sunday, every Wednesday. And then even, you know, especially in the halftime shows. But, as far as my process goes, you know, the power numbers I keep. Sure. I'm trying to, yeah, it's tough to give instant upgrades and downgrades. You know, a lot of times on Sunday, I'm looking, something has to be pretty far off of where I'm at. And then I have to go look and say, well, these aren't, these aren't two teams that I'm not going to, you know, off the quick eye test, I'm not going to give them massive upgrades or downgrades one way or the other. So this is something I'm going to bet early or gotcha. a total that's just, you know, too far off where I have it that's going to get bet because I it takes until almost Tuesday afternoon to get all my numbers sure. reconfigured for the next week. You watch, you know, I watch as much of the games as you can on Sunday. I watch whatever I missed and try to catch up on some of them, just the highlights and, uh, you know, some of the quick recaps on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Then I dig into the box scores, making sure I'm not missing any context and make some decisions on, you know, where I'm where I'm going with some of these numbers based off some, some stats. And some, I mean, some of, it's, some of it is just, you know, Sure, so yeah, that's what, yeah, so how much? It has, it has to be, you know, like this, this clearly was, you know, there was a bunch of garbage time or this team didn't deserve this win. This team didn't deserve to win by this much. You know, you do have to take some context and apply it to some of the stuff you're seeing. So, sure. you know, once I get, once I get there, that's where, you know, my Wednesday bets are, are mostly centered around. I gotcha. So you mentioned, yeah, you, you do your power ranking. So how much would you say it's like a 50, 50 thing as far as like your, your pre, your numbers and uh, like the eye test, would you say it's more of like a 75, 25, um, you know, which, which do you use more or is it just a combi- combination of both, uh, you know, both the eye test and, and the uh, ancillary numbers? It'll probably like 70, 30 numbers to eye test. Sure. But also, yeah. Okay. That's kind of where I'm at. There, you know, yeah, there needs to be, again, the context, context, context. There's yeah. always some, you know, once you get later in the week, you have to know. Yeah, cluster injury, injury at a poor, an important position. Sure. Maybe the injury in a, a positional group where the other team's opposing positional group has a great strength. Yeah, that's a big you know, obviously, yeah. you know you're, you're going up against a good pass offense that's been smoking people and you have two corners and a safety that are questionable. You know, there's, sure, it doesn't can... matter what your number is. Like if you have, all of a sudden there's a cluster injury and important grouping, you have to, I'm not saying, you know, I'm full on adjusting my numbers, but stuff like that is just right. swaying me one way or the other from making or staying off a of bat. So. Right. Right. And sometimes, yeah, like, you know, sometimes I have sort of like a, a like a flip, like a switch I can flip if there is like a massive cluster injury in the secondary or uh, or on the O-line or something like that. You just input, input that, that uh, you know, that number or whatever, and it makes that change for you. But I'm, I'm sort of sort of the same way. Like the numbers, you know, we've had a, I've had a couple people on here. I've chatted with a couple people that, you know, they don't even watch the games. They only go by their numbers. They say, you know, your eye test is, is sort of contaminating um, – you know, but we I've also had people on here that don't use numbers at all that have done really, really well in the circuit contest. So I've definitely sort of got done a combination of it. And for me, it's sort of the uh, the numbers are just kind of a starting point, right? Just like a kind of a jumping off point to uh, to gauge sort of where 
you know where the um, the mat you know where the numbers have a mat and then then go into the matchups a little bit more and break down you know like you said some of the inefficiencies in the wide receivers or or, a, or the cornerbacks or something of that nature for sure sure yeah well yeah let's jump into uh, a little a few of these games this uh, this would be basically perfect timing we've got about an hour until the uh, the uh, Thursday night game starts so let's jump into the first game of the week. The Packers at the Arizona Cardinals. Now the the line has been kind of interesting here, obviously with the COVID news and um, you know a couple of the wide receivers for the Packers being announced out. It looks like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but an open cards minus three and a half. It was bet up to four and a half. Then I believe Adams was announced out, and it got bet up to six and a half. And briefly, maybe hit minus seven, and now it looks like it looks like uh, mostly minus six across the board. So it got to it got to seven, and then uh, it got hit at seven, and now it looks like minus six. And uh, the total has come down from fifty three to fifty. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, Thursday night game, Andy? Yeah, it did touch seven, and some people, I guess, that was the resistance point. Sure. Okay, that makes were, sense. Yeah. Some people were happy to take that. Yep. Um, you know, we, we talked about it a little, I think maybe all, all the podcasts we do just kind of run together. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never even remember what I said afterwards sure. half the time, but one of the shows we talked about it and you know, the fact that it was three and a half, it wasn't two and a half, it wasn't six and a half, you know, it didn't have to move across the key number it was a big part of why it moved so much for just a receiver. You know, there was yeah. probably a little sure. bit of, there was a little bit of, hey, this is a receiver. We've seen this before, most notably with Denver, with the quarterbacks, where if one of them has it, the whole room might end up going out. And I mean, that sure. those people were rewarded by being right. There was another receiver that went uh, with Lazard. Right, and their D coordinator, right? Covid-less. Yep, yep. So, I mean, the multiple, the COVID stuff can turn into multiple COVID stuffs in a hurry. Sure. And, you know, you, you got to watch out for that. But the fact that, you know, the fact that it got that back at seven makes sense. It's Definitely, probably a bit yeah. much. Yeah. Especially with how Green Bay's been playing on offense. The defense is a little soft right now, still reeling from uh, some of the problems in the secondary. And then the total comes coming down makes sense. But at the same time, um, I, I wonder if that's probably come down a little too far. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably not getting involved, but I like this over before yeah. the news. I'm probably just off of it now. But, uh, you know, uh, Green, Green Bay is actually a slower-paced team, no matter what game state they're in. In fact, their, their fastest pace is when they're up, you know, up by a, a score or more, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I kind of wanted to dig into that. I, I was looking at that this afternoon. It didn't really jive with my uh, my brain. I wanted to dig into that a touch. But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I've got it pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're completely I, right. Yeah, their fastest pace is when they're ahead by seven in the second half. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> that's it's, crazy. It's odd. I don't know. I'm not sure why they why they are so slow when they're behind. It's not like they've been behind a ton, especially by multiple scores, but yeah, it's kind of a, maybe a sample size thing I want to dig into. Yeah, sure. I, I think yeah, if the tight ends obviously got to step up, and then you know, Sean Gary, Kenny Clark, like you, you need something to happen with this pass rush. It's going to be probably pass rush up the middle because you don't want Tyler running all over. So you do some contained stuff, and you need something from you know up the gut pressure. And if you can get to Kyler a bit, you stay in this game. Otherwise. If the defense can't get pressure and the secondary is weak against good receivers, it might just be a good night, Irene. Yeah. Hopefully it's uh hopefully it's not that I'd like a good game. I'd like a good second half to talk about uh at yeah, definitely. Tonight, but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm a little worried it might be a bad game again. 
Oh yeah, I don't know if we mentioned that at all, but yeah, these guys for the Deep Dive podcast, they do a live second half show. So anytime there's a primetime game, they do a live second half show that you should tune into. Um, usually they get down to a, a second half bet. I mean, pretty much all the time they get down to a second half bet and uh, it's just good content seeing. <laughs> I like to tune in to that second half show and just see where you guys are at. Like if <laughs> usually Andy's outside, it seems like when you do those second half shows. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, out, out on the boat. Drew, Drew's done that from the well. Yeah, I mean the beach well, everywhere. The He's out on like the beach. Right, right. No, I get a kick out of those. Yeah, anybody's listening, tune into that. Yeah, tonight they'll have one at halftime. Um, I agree with you a little bit. I, I mean, pretty much agree with you every every way. Um, especially what you said about the over and it coming down. I would not have played it at fifty three, fifty two and a half where it opened. But yeah, when it hit 50, I did release that as a play um, this this evening as late as like an hour and a half ago. Um, just looking through some of these metrics, the um, Air, the Green Bay Packers defense has been kind of trending in the right direction lately. Um, the last four weeks, they've been second in EPA per play if you strip out garbage time, which is pretty impressive. Seventh in success rate um, for the defense that mostly people have just been you know, kind of riding off. Um, I think that their defense actually surprises some people. But coming into tonight, they're uh, without Kevin King and Preston Smith, one of their best linebackers, one of their best cover linebackers. So I I think that the Arizona offense is just going to have a way with the Green Bay defense. But on the other side of the ball, I think that the Packers, you know, just as far as the game script, the the game script is going to force the Packers to, to push the ball down the field. If, uh, you know, if the Packers had it their way, like you said, they would run the ball, they would chew the clock, try and keep it out of Kyler Murray's hands. And if that does happen, if the Packers jump out to a lead, then I think that my under is probably shot. But, um, you know, just as far as game script goes and how I see this game playing out, I'm leaning towards Arizona sort of setting the pace with their offense and Green Bay's offense kind of chasing them. Um, there's a couple of weird stats with the Green Bay's defense. Like opposing kickers are 32nd in the NFL against Green Bay. They've only made 50% of the kicks against Green Bay's defense. So I think there's a, just a few points that have been, you know, that just haven't been accounted for. Um, and obviously, you know, when you look at when you look at um, Aaron Rodgers against the uh, Arizona defense, that should be strength on strength. Arizona's defense has been a huge surprise, you know, a very good surprise. They're uh, second in overall DVOA, second against the path pass, seventh against the run. But um, the one thing that they one thing that they don't do very well is their thirty seconds in thirty second in explosive run rate. I think that um, Aaron Jones will have a huge game tonight. Um, like like Andy said, the uh, look for the tight ends. Um, I'm actually playing against Big Bob Tunyon in fantasy tonight, so I hope that he doesn't have a huge game. But I I would bet I'd bet money on Big Bob Tunyon having a touchdown. I put money already on Aaron Jones having a touchdown. So that's kind of my look. I uh, you know if you gave me seven, I'd probably take Green Bay. I think that they will be able to keep it in the number, but I like the over a lot a lot more. I think it should be closer to 53, 54. Um, we could see 34 to, you know, 24 game and sail over the total. So that's what I'm thinking. Uh, sounds like Andy's sort of on the same page for sure. If you've got anything else 
jump in there, but that's that's kind of what I'm thinking for this game. Should be a good yeah, one. Yeah, maybe, maybe some uh, – didn't get Tunyon almost 2-1 to one to score a touchdown any time. See, I like that a lot. Maybe put a few bucks on that just to it's like, take away the sting of fantasy. Yeah, the all-happiness hedge is exactly what that is. Uh, and instead he'll have like 200 yards yeah. on 16 catches for no touchdown. Right, right, right. Anyway. Yeah, he'll still have 30 points in fantasy and I'll lose my bet. Yeah. All right, no, it sounds like first game, it's going to be an awesome game. Sounds like we're basically in agreement. Uh, I think that's an interesting look. The uh, the Tunyon bet, 2-1. to one. Think about that and then tweet us if you if you hit that. That's uh, it's pretty good value for sure. All right, this next one is a divisional matchup. Like a lot of these will be divisional matchups, but the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Uh, pretty much Browns opened up to minus 3 and now it's you know a combination of minus three and minus three and a half across the board. The total's been bet down, opened at forty-five, down to forty-two and a half. That could be because uh, of the weather coming in in Cleveland, um, and two pretty good defenses and banged-up offenses. What do you have for uh, the Steelers traveling to the, to the Browns this weekend, Andy? Yeah, I probably agree with. I, I don't probably. I do agree with that total getting sure. bet down. Now that sure. I'm looking at things, I think the 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 spread is probably some combination of. Maybe Baker plays, maybe he doesn't. You know, we have uh, some split opinions on whether that's happening from what I'm reading. Conklin back in helps a lot with a lot of things. Yes. Yep. I don't know. Nick, Nick, Nick Chubb's great, but I mean, Ernest Johnson was five. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those where, uh, like in Minnesota, where the run scheme is more important than the person in the backfield because Alexander Madison looked great in his couple of games as yeah. well. So no, I agree. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if the Chubb <laughs> thing moves the needle for me. The Conklin, Conklin being back in is more important. And truthfully, I don't know if the quarterback matters all that much. A banged-up Baker versus a healthy Case Keenum, very experienced backup, probably about the same. I don't think that moves the number once we get confirmation one way or the other. You might see some money come in just because people people are wanting to bet against a backup quarterback. But man, Ben Roethlisberger is a backup quarterback right now, so good luck, good luck finding value doing that in this one. The under probably decent, especially if Baker plays. Uh, the the, the defense for Pittsburgh, which got talked about a lot the last couple of years, maybe not getting as much love because the team sucks. You know, we're not looking at an undefeated team like last year and everybody was talking about, but Dupree is elsewhere, but yeah. TJ Watt's still an animal. Um, and it's a team that gets a ton of pressure yep. without having, without having to blitz because, you know, you, you see some of these teams are able to beat the blitz because they have receivers that are getting separation and from, you know, single coverage because you're blitzing and you're bringing extra guys, you don't have the coverage. And you have quarterbacks who are able to, you know, just beat the blitz over the top of it and hit those receivers. And when you were able to get this much pressure without the blitz, it's an issue, especially for Baker, who is awful against pressure. So I'm kind of leaning towards taking the Steelers. I don't feel great about that. The, The injury list for Cleveland the last two weeks, early in the week, is like 20 deep. Yeah. There's so many guys that are banged up for this team. They got a, a nice win against a, a team that's really, really on the wrong, moving the wrong way, as they say. But uh, yeah, I, I put Pittsburgh ahead of uh, Denver for sure right now. And getting three and a half in this one is probably a bet that I'm going to have small, but it's not one of my favorite looks for sure. 
Yeah, I it, originally when I was breaking this game down, I did kind of lean towards Cleveland if they were going to get all those guys healthy back. Like you said, Conklin is huge. I have that underlined, circled in my notes. That's going to be a, a big get back. And, uh, you know, Chubb will help, help a little bit, but I'm not sure how much of a that matters to the line or to the value of the spread for sure. Um, like you said, that's hilarious. I have this, this highlighted in my notes as well. The uh, Steelers blitz the seventh least in the NFL and their third in pressure percentage. So exactly like Andy said, man, they just don't, you know, they get pressure with their front four, and they're able to play really, really good man defense on the backside. And, uh, yeah, that's going to cause some issues for Pitt. But the biggest, or I'm sorry, for Cleveland, but the biggest thing is, again, the game script, like you said, it's supposed to be really, the weather's supposed to be pretty shitty. It's like uh, 50 degrees, rainy, 10, 10 to 20 mile an hour winds. And so I, I think both teams are just going to run the ball as far as, um, you know, as far as a game plan goes, I think both teams will want to run the ball. Um, Pittsburgh's offense is very, very slow paced and Cleveland's offense is 30th and neutral pace. So I, I lean towards the under here. I was originally thinking Cleveland, um, if I could get minus three, but then I, I thought, you know, if you can get under 42 or even under 40 or even under 21 in the first half, I think is a really, really good look. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, Pittsburgh's offense isn't quick moving. It's not a quick strike offense. Yeah. Their second most targeted receiver is a running back. Right. Right. And, and you know, so, yeah. I mean, their, their, their passing game is even like their passing game is essentially just a different kind of running game. So it's uh it is a couple of slower moving offenses. Yeah. This total's moving down for a reason. Right, and like I said, both teams want to run the ball. Obviously, we know Cleveland wants to run the ball, but Pittsburgh ran the ball 65 times in their first two games, and they've ran the ball. I'm sorry, they ran the ball. They've run the ball 65 times in their last two games, and they ran the ball 66 times in their first four games. So you can tell that they're getting Najee Harris going. They averaged 133 yards per game these last two games compared to 55 their first four games. So, you know, they're going to, on that side of the ball, Pittsburgh's offense is just going to pound the rock. And they're going to be, you know, going into one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Um, Cleveland's run defense is, is top notch. So I think that this is sort of going to be, you know, game possession. Don't make any mistakes. Control the ball, you know, into windy, kind of rainy Cleveland Sunday, basically like we kind of like we saw last week. Um, I'm going to lean towards the under, and this will probably, if it stays right around 42 or so, 42 and a half, uh, this will probably be an official play for me, I would I would think. So, yeah, sounds like two for two. We're on agreements there. All right, we're staying in the, uh, another divisional matchup. This will probably be one of my favorite games of the day. Other than the Sunday night football game, this one is the uh, Tennessee Titans at Indianapolis Colts. Um, it opened Colts minus two and a half, and now it's basically minus one and a half across the board. So that number's come down a little, and uh, the total's been bet up from 49 and a half to up to 51 now. Um, you have anything for the Titans traveling to the Colts this weekend, Andy? I didn't really. I kind of crossed this one off pretty quick. Yeah. I leaned Colts. Now that I look at it, but I do wonder where my numbers are sitting with Tennessee and if they're correct. You know, it's it's like, is this a good team? You know, everybody coming into that, uh, what, two games ago, everyone said, well, all right, this is where Indy's schedule gets easy, Tennessee's gets hard. Right. 
Um, I see the entire Twitter sphere take the Colts to win the division at like three to one, and then Tennessee goes and wins. You know, two two teams against two teams that. I mean, no yeah, kidding. The, <laughs> that, that was the AFC title game last year. Yeah, that's crazy. This is, this is just, uh, yeah. two really good teams, two really good offenses, and they just ran all over them. The defense looked good. Um, a big critique of them, not a, I mean, not a critique, I mean, just a big problem with them has been the pass rush for like two years now, especially when the when the secondary is not good and your pass rush sucks, you're not getting any pressure and the guys can't cover, your defense stinks. It just doesn't matter what uh, what's going on back there at all. So the fact that they've gotten a pass rush going a little bit the past two weeks has me hopeful, but a very good very good offensive line, an offense that's kind of figuring out what they're at. I don't ever want to say anything nice about Carson Wentz, but he's <laughs> yes. been – yeah, I mean, just, I, I, it's not like he. The numbers are eye popping. If he's if he can clean up some of the stuff where he wants to throw it directly at other players on the other team, everything outside of that has looked pretty good. He's been very lucky with some of these passes he's thrown that the you know they're not going you know they're not going to uh, you know down the other way for six points a couple times where he's had a couple interceptions that were pretty pretty rough so mm-hmm. or near interceptions rather and obviously the, the one interception he did have they took him away they said it was a fumble which is silly but and, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was probably, yeah <laughs> probably probably not backing it but I, I I make a little value on the Colts here just because I think Tennessee is probably hitting the top of where they're going to be in the market. Yeah, definitely. It's you know that's this is kind of one of those games where uh, I look at my numbers and you know if I could at two and a half, Tennessee is really the value. Um, if I could have got the two and a half, I I make Tennessee about a half a point. You know, so I'm pretty damn close to the. Uh, you know, I agree with the one or the one and a half either way. Uh, but when I look at the matchup, I definitely have to favor the Colts a little bit. Just because of their run game, and uh, and like you said, you don't want to you don't want to ever you know compliment Carson Wentz, but he's really been playing well uh, the last three or four weeks. Uh, you know he's fifth in EPA per play the last last four weeks. Uh, he's fifth fifth in completion above expectation the last four weeks. This is ahead of people like Dak, Joe Burrow, um, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray. Um, it's pretty pretty amazing. Um, and then I think, you know, you dig into some of the, you know, why that is. And they have been running a lot more play action in the last three weeks than uh, than they did at the beginning of the season. So that, I think that's easier for, for uh, Carson Wentz. And then and then um, the running aspect, too, I think helps him a lot. The threat to run, you know, having two healed ankles is, uh, you know, helpful for the threat to run for sure. And then looking at the other side of the ball, Indy's defense has been playing pretty damn well lately. Uh, also, they're number one in DVOA against the rush. So, you know, number one thing will be trying to stop King Henry and, uh, you know, kind of just stifle Derrick Henry. But um, looking at a couple more numbers, Tennessee passes 13 less than expected. Tennessee's the only team that runs the ball um, more than 55% on first down. And uh, like I said, the uh, the Colts' defense is the best against the run. So I, I think that they'll have some success here. 
Um, yeah, it's a Tennessee kind of getting away with it because the running back's just so good. Yeah, I don't understand why he's not broken. Well, and then the usage over him. Yeah, he's amazing. He for the past few years, like he's just not human. And he will be. Every other running back would be just hurt by now. Yeah, and I, you know, unfortunately, that's sort of what everybody's saying, and I think that it'll happen. You know, if it doesn't happen this year or next year, you know, it'll happen sooner or later. But then you have on the other side of the ball, you know. Jonathan Taylor is pretty much second in every category. You know, he's the he's the second best running back in in uh, in the NFL, second to Derrick Henry in pretty much every category. So I think they have they have that you know that answer on that side of the ball too. But I lean towards the Colts here. I'm not sure if this will be a play. God, it's tough with how well Tennessee's been playing and kind of the weird line movement too. It doesn't it seem like. It seems like Tennessee's taking some money, right? Yeah, this is I mean, probably yeah. this is probably just off my card. Yeah, I, I mean that's kind of what I thought. God, yeah. And then I've heard a few people making a couple cases about the over too, which I can kind of understand. But yeah, I'm, I don't think I'll. Initially, I kind of scratched this one out as being two very very close teams and kind of learn from them after the after you know learn from this game after the week is over type of thing. Oh yeah. I'm uh, just curious. What do you have? I'm just looking. Oh, I have. I actually have the Titans rated, ranked cu- quite a bit higher than the Colts. That's that's weird. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know if I'll end up on the Colts or not here. But let's move on here. The next one is uh, not in not in divisional game, but should be a fairly interesting game that's also taking a little bit of money. Um, Patriots at the Chargers. The uh, Chargers opened up as high as six-point favorite, and now it looks like it's down to minus four-and-a-half across the board mostly. Um, The total has been bet up from 47 to 49. Do you have anything for uh, Patriots at the Chargers, Andy? I took some minus five. I guess I'm not – I know some people are higher on the Patriots than me in the market, and it's just another one of those spots where, you know, when a team comes off an absolute ass-whooping of a, a bad team like this, the perception gets a little high. I think most people are, are fine not going crazy with their adjustment because it was the Jets, but and I have the Chargers a bit higher than this. This is a, a cross-country trip for a team where I've – really really hated the coaching and decision making this year as much as yeah. I don't ever want to shit on a legend like Belichick's, yeah. Belichick's maybe like you say Belichick lost his fastball his fastball might just be in Tampa yeah like having having a player like that it, it's it's like the Pete Carroll quote where he said you know I might not have had this job as long as I have without Russell Wilson or no shit buddy but same kind of thing where you know maybe Belichick just it was easier to mask some of these inefficiencies when the the offense was always so good and everything was always just working out so well with Brady and McDaniel's. But some of the decision making on fourth down, some of the you know just some of the in game stuff, I've been really critical of Bill this year. That's bad. Or to the point, I, I didn't think I'd say like, are we seeing a coaching disadvantage for Bill Belichick versus a rookie head coach? Like that's. I mean that's wow. that's lunacy. I'm not going to go that far, but at the same time, like Staley's done really nothing wrong in my eyes, and he's been fighting. He just doesn't have the experience. So off a of buy, 
I'd make this, a, you know, up near six, six and a half. Now that I've adjusted everything, I'm fine taking the Chargers here. Get a healthy Williams. You get this offense rolling against a defense that's quietly had quite a few injuries through the season already. Um, yeah. It's not a defense that I rate terribly high. It just it looks really good when you play the Jets. You know, and, and even in the in the game against uh, you know the French game against Brady, it was just kind of a cruddy game. And I don't know if I how much context he can put to some. You know, it was still a loss, but a game like that where they didn't cover, but uh, definitely on the road here on the West Coast with a, a really good uh, really good offense. I can't uh, I can't dream of taking the points with Bill. Yeah, yeah, like you said, he. I mean, some of his fourth down decisions have arguably cost them games i mean i could see a situation you know where the the uh, patriots have have four wins on on some of these some of these fourth down plays that bills have that that bill belichick has has kicked the ball away um yeah i agree it seems like he's yeah kind of hesitant to go for it on fourth down i guess um a little bit less so than some of these younger coaches maybe just you know at at the macro level i'm not sure obviously you know, there could be a number of reasons that he has for sure. And then you bring up, uh, I really don't have much on this game. So I'm, you know, I'm just sort of kind of echoing, echoing what you said a little bit. Um, you kind of set, talked about the injury report a little bit for the Patriots and it is brutal. I mean, their kickers questionable D end linebacker line, you know, Cal Van Noy, Brandon King, David Godshaw, all these guys are questionable. You know how you know how Belichick does his does his hidden hidden tricks, but yeah, who knows? All, you know which of these guys will play. Um, and you know another big thing is the Chargers off of this off of this bye week. Brandon Staley's kind of saying all the right things about self scouting and all making all these changes. It'll be interesting to see how they address their run defense. I mean, you know, he's talked a lot about being pass, you know, stop the pass first and let him run and kind of uh, keep everything in front of you. But, yeah, their run defense is just absolutely terrible. You know, way worse than the last second-to-last team in the league. 32nd in uh, DVOA against the run. 31st in adjusted line yards against the run. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he continues to deploy this uh, too-high safety shell against mac jones you know and um you know what they can do about that i did see uh austin eckler did not practice today so that's something to to monitor for sure i don't know if it was like a precautionary thing or what but that popped up on the twitter feed that austin eckler was not practicing so that'd be a big big one to monitor but yeah i I mean i agree with you i make this one right about on market so i probably will not get involved I think if you do get involved, you know, obviously try and find something under that key number of six. Oh, yeah, it looks like it's well under there now, four and a half or five. Um, so you're good to go. Let's move on again to the uh, another divisional matchup. This one should be kind of a fun game. Uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. This is uh, the Bucks opened at about four and got bet up to four and a half. Five at some places before they found resistance. It looks like it's a four and a half across the board everywhere now. And the totals basically remain steady at about 50 and might be coming down a little to 49 and a half. You have any thoughts on the uh, divisional matchup, the Bucks at the Saints, Andy? 
And Drew and I argued about this total a little. He likes the under quite a bit. I, I just kind of played devil's advocate and pushed on the over a little for the sake of talking about this game because I don't know what to make of the Saints. I don't yeah. think I have a very good read on them. It was uh, another ugly game for them. Whatever, whatever you want to make of that game, that's a tough one to take and really uh, wrap your head around like what sort of adjustments we can make, what, what we think we'll see going forward. They lost their starting guard. That looks like it's season-ending end, season injury with some surgery for Anders Pete. Yeah. Not the time you want to do that when you're going up against a good defense, a good, you know, they, there's been injuries, but they've all been in the secondary. You know, still a very scary front four. And, uh, and despite being at home, like Tampa's offense is really clicking right now, even with people injured. Gronk, Gronk practiced today. Like, that's scary. That's You don't want him back. I mean, that guy played injured his whole career. If he can go, he'll go, and he'll be yep. just fine. Yeah. So um, I do respect the uh, I do respect the New Orleans defense, but man, what a bad matchup! Just <laughs> getting home, playing a really really good offense when they're when they're kind of clicking right now. So I I said if this total ticks down, because I mean Drew was right. I mean the, the total probably opened a little high and it, it was going to come down. But if the market wants to take it down to like forty nine, I might I might be fine being the buyback on this one for a small bet. Sure. Yeah, I don't have a ton either. Um, I re- originally kind of leaned towards the under until I kind of <laughs> broke down the, the matchup a little bit. Um, yeah, there's a number of injuries for for both sides, really. You know, um, you got AB out, and Dominican Sue is questionable. J- J- JPP is questionable. Levante David's questionable. Um, so there's a number of injuries on both sides of the ball. Uh, the biggest thing I kind of had highlighted was the. Uh, I think that the I think Tampa Bay will be easily will easily get pressure on uh, on Jameis Winston and you know he's just not good under pressure he makes bad decisions he's the seventh worst quarterback under pressure again you know according to QBR out of thirty three quarterbacks I think that you know they'll kind of have their way um, against the offensive line that has kind of disappointed really. Um, you know they're twentieth in adjusted sack rate. New York, New Orleans offense is twentieth and twenty fourth in adjusted sack rate. So they've they've given up they've given up some some sacks for sure. And basically, you know, just watching that game last week, the Saints game last week, you can tell that all they have is Alvin Kamara. So you know, shut down Alvin Kamara. It'll basically be Devin White on Alvin Kamara all night, I think. Um, and so you know, originally I leaned towards. New Orleans getting four and a half, five at home, a big game in the dome. You know, you kind of lean towards that that home team, but I think that the I think Tampa Bay is a perfect team to kind of you know I don't want to compare them to the Bears, but the Saints are similar to the Bears in the fact that you know they want to run the ball, they don't want to they want to you know take the ball out of Jameis's hands and not have him make too many mistakes. Um, you know the the New Orleans Saints are fifty nine percent first down run rate. Uh, that's not going to work against a against the Tampa Bay defense that's fourth against the run, and you know just stacks the box with with you know Nadamakin Sue. So I don't know. I I think you know like I said I was kind of when it originally popped before I opened you know any matchups up. I was looking at the Saints. And then I, you know, that number has this right, four point six three, right on, right on the bucks, you know, right on the market. So 
I think this will pretty much be a pass for me when you break it down a little bit. It should be pretty evenly matched. Um, you know, something like the Bucks up 10 and Jameis has a chance to get in the back door late or something like that. I could easily see that happening. And, you know, either bet is is good in the fourth, you know, either bet could cash in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go. Yeah, I just hope for a normal game where I can maybe glean something about this Saints team because I just don't feel comfortable with my with my numbers on them. So I've kind of been avoiding them. Yeah, that was an interesting topic that I had heard, um, you know, kind of talked about. Where do you have them at? Where do you have the Saints at in your ratings? Oh, let me. Oh, never mind. I can't even pull it up now. I'm oh yeah, you don't have. The office. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting here on my phone, which is fine. But yeah, I've been trying to troubleshoot this. I, I honestly think the internet's just out. Which oh is yeah. Annoying. Well, that's yeah. You're doing this all blind. Yeah, on the go. No, sorry about that. I had no idea. I wonder if I could pull that sheet up offline. Yeah, it's my my Google Docs are all hidden. This sucks. I, I bet I can pull it up on the phone. I need to like leave the meeting. I don't know how that works. So no, you're good. Either way, it should be. You should be fine. But, no, I don't know. Like you said, I don't really have a comfortable read on the Saints. Um, I have them 11th in my ratings, and that seems a little bit high to me. Um, Obviously, their defense is stout. You know, their defense is one of the top five in the the league for sure. Um, Some kind of a couple weird other weird things is, you know, the Saints are really good as an underdog. <laughs> you know, under Sean Payton as an underdog, they're like 10-2, and 10-2 at, at home as an underdog outright. So it's something about just getting points at home that they just love. And, uh, you know, he's a good coach when they're when they're the underdog, it seems like. I don't know. It's a kind of a, a stupid narrative, but I think that it holds water in this in this circumstance for sure. But, yeah, and if I had to just kind of think back, I mean, I have them right in that probably that eight to twelve range. Okay, I think cool. It's a good team. Yeah, I think it's a team that'll compete for an NFC wild card. But I have Tampa very high, so I'm, I'm probably pretty on market with this. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I still have Tampa number, you know, number one. Um, you know, a lot of people have changed that the last few weeks, but I've still got them barely ahead of the bills um so yeah it's it's right on market for me i i think this will be a, probably a complete stay away um unlike the last few games we talked to i've talked about i'll probably have some action on those but this last game on the on our card and on the board is one of the best of the weekend for sure dallas at minnesota for the sunday night game i've had some interesting line movement on this one too opened at the cowboys minus two minus two and a half and it's since been bet all the way over to, I'm seeing Vikings minus two, minus two and a half. And last I checked, there was no information on Dak Prescott being out. But I read something in the Dallas Morning News that they would be cautious to, that they would lean towards sitting him if possible. Um, and the total's been, been bet up from 52 to 54, it looks like. So some interesting line movement. What are your thoughts on Cowboys at Vikings Sunday night football, Andy? Yeah, I, I took some Dallas at a pick. I'm feeling oh, yeah. bad. Feeling bad now about this. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I mean, a, a couple things about this movement. Like, yeah, I saw the reports about Dak, too. And I guess somebody with a lot of money hit it. But also at the same time, it moved across the twos, the ones, 
I mean, maybe not even the twos. I think it was probably sitting at two or one and a half in a lot of markets. So it moved across the ones, the zero, and maybe the two for the Viking side. So that's weird. the fact that that's how far it moved, that's not commensurate with what Dak to God, what Cooper Rush, Greer, who I'm, I'm not even <laughs> sure who. Like, I haven't even had a chance to go look at like who would possibly it doesn't matter like that kind of move is a touchdown plus yeah i don't know for, for, with, with the spread this or with the total this big so the fact that it yeah. only moved like you know three dead really three or four dead points you know i get a flip favorite is is something but at the same time it didn't cross either three it crossed a dead number in zero and like dak being out is a move to like Minnesota minus five. Sure. Yeah. So isn't that I'm, weird? So it's like almost speculation or some like I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I don't know if if books would move this on air to uh, to put it in the you know he, he had those Green Bay numbers before the season where it was like we're setting these you know game of the year you know preseason numbers on these and it's like uh, halfway in between Rodgers and Jordan Love. Because that's where this number's sitting. It's kind of in a halfway spot. Yeah. Huh. Because, again, if, if Dak is out, this this closes, like, you know, well across the three for Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's not there. So don't really know it, why, what I'm digging into that. It's probably going to be most of my night is talking to people, trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, I certainly don't want to buy out and just middle my, you know, Polish middle myself on this. I'm going to sit tight and just eat it if if he yeah, sits. Yeah, definitely. But, um, at the same time, very interesting movement. The total got bet all the way up to 55 before I think it came down a little off the same kind of movement this afternoon. Yeah, if Dax out, this is a game I'm going to be mad to watch. Um, Minnesota's offense has been good this year. Yeah. Defense has a few injuries. Um, the offense is weird. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, we talked about some of the differences in teams' pace when they're behind, when they're in a neutral game state, when they're in a positive game state. Minnesota has a talent or skill level difference when they're in those kind of states. Like when Minnesota's playing with the lead, you know, some fit it's just play calling, play sequencing, it's the offense, it's Clint and the, and the gang there. But when they are ahead, they play so conservatively, so quickly. They give up leads to teams they have no business giving up leads to, and then all of a sudden when they're tied or behind, right. that offense is just marching down the field. They're right. throwing, they're running plus EV running plays with either running back. All of a sudden the offense comes alive, like you've seen versus you know Detroit when they needed those points at the end. You've seen this a couple times where oh they're just they're just going to fix this all of a sudden go down there and, and win this game or get back into it if it's not quite that far into the game. So I don't I don't understand why why they can't just stay aggressive all the time. It could be yeah. a pretty good team. This could be like a six seed in, in the NFC if this offense just played at the at the you know this the spot it's capable of playing all the time so not really sure what's up with minnesota i'm gonna blame it on the the coaching i guess yeah but the the skill position players they have right now it's like this this offense could be semi-scary and and the defense is getting pressure although context to that if you go look at minnesota's pressure rates sack rate sack percentage it's very high a top five team essentially but you go look at the teams they played 
Like it's a bunch of teams who give up way too many pressures. Like I, I think maybe five teams in the bottom third of the league for that sort of thing. So probably a product of that at the same time. Sure, you know, this yeah. Minnesota pass rush isn't as scary. It's probably more middle of the pack. It's not a top five pass rush. Yeah. Certainly it just played a bunch of bad teams as far as the combination of the uh you know, the offensive line and the quarterback is what they give up for pressure rates. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I have that also. You know, according to like ESPN's metric pass rush win rate, they're 25th, but Minnesota's defense is first in pressure percentage when you combine quarterback hits, sacks, and uh, quarterback hurries. They're first in that metric. Uh, so I yeah, I think that's kind of strange. But they're, I think they're definitely kind of – they're trending up for sure. Last four weeks, they haven't played – you know, they played basically two good teams and two bad teams. They played the Seahawks yep. with Russell Wilson. Then they played the Browns, the Lions, and the Panthers. And the defense was second in EPA per play the last four weeks, which is it's definitely encouraging for sure. And, I, you know, I've kind of been on the, the Vikings in and out the last few weeks. But the like you mentioned at the beginning, the coaching has just been killing me. I watched that. I was on that. The the uh, I was on the Vikings the game against the Panthers two weeks ago, and that was just the hardest thing to watch. I don't know what the hell you know like Mike Zimmer. I think I tweeted it out a couple times just because I was so mad. But but Mike Zimmer, he, I don't know if he like like you said they they get like a ten point lead or a two possession lead, and he coaches like it's nineteen eighty five or or something like that. He just thinks that you know you're going to sit on the lead and uh, kill the clock where whereas this is not that's not how the football how NFL works in 2021 like a two possession lead is nothing anymore you know i remember wagering on those games where you're like oh they're up by you know 10 points this is a you know this is a win this is a lock that doesn't you know does not happen anymore um so yeah i don't know i don't i have a hard time betting on Mike Zimmer, you know, for the for the next future. But, you know, obviously Mike McCarthy on the other side is not any better. Uh, one of the main things I have highlighted in this game is um, Minnesota's run defense has not been very good. You know, they haven't been tested, but when they did play, they've played two top five run defenses in Seattle and Cleveland, and they gave up 5.9 yards per carry and 56 success rate on the ground to Seattle. And then they gave up 184 rush yards to the Browns. And uh, I sort of think that's a similar case with the Cowboys coming in, especially if they don't have Dak Prescott. Um, it doesn't matter if, you know, if, if they know that people are running, you know, if they, it doesn't matter if they know you're running the ball on first down, the Cowboys will do it and they'll, they'll still get four, four or five yards per carry. So I'm not sure that Minnesota is going to be able to stop that at all, even if Dak Prescott's out. Um, you know, and the, another thing I kind of have noted here is if you look at Pythagorean scoring and the kind of the Pythagorean points that both these teams scored, um, you know, the Vikings should probably have four wins and Dallas should have about four wins. Um, according to the Pythag. So, you know, when you look at that, if, if both of these teams are four and two, you know, what do you make this number? Uh, you know, probably more like Vikings minus two or minus two and a half. Uh, so, you know, even like you said, without the Dak Prescott news, without any of that, this sort of makes sense a little bit. And, 
there should be a little bit of regression coming for the uh, for the Cowboys defense and all the turnovers that they've they've accumulated. So we look at all those things. You know, I don't like it at all, but I do think the Vikings at home is probably the right side. This I don't have anything on this game circled. I probably will lay off. Um, as far as my numbers, um, I do have you know if Dak's in there, I have it closer to Cowboys minus three. But you know, with everything I highlighted, I think I think this will be a this will probably be a, a stay off for me. There's quite a few injuries on both on both teams. Um, Trayvon Diggs is also questionable for the Cowboys, and Tyron Smith. Obviously, Michael Gallup is out, which is kind of a kind of a big thing in the wide receiver slot. But you know, the, the, you have another. You know, the Cowboys won last year as underdogs. I think they had a backup quarterback. Yeah, they had a backup quarterback last year, and they went in there and won as seven point underdogs. Um, so you know, is that a like a is that a mo- motivational angle? Is that a uh, a revenge angle? It's not something I usually buy into too much, but you know, you'd think that the the Vikings have that on their mind. I don't know. I have Vikings nine and three as a home underdog under Zimmer too. So they you know same kind of deal as Sean Payton when they're a home underdog, they perform. Yeah, I'm gonna have to dig into that. I'm, I'm trying to think if it was that was a. Because he had Dalton for a bit, and then the, the head injury, and then was it the Danucci games? I didn't even go look at that game from last year. I don't, might, I don't yeah. look too deep into those, but at, and at the same time too, going back to the Pythag thing, you know, it, you know, not not all four and two teams are, you know, the same. Yeah, you know, absolutely. There's still probably a slight difference. I think I'm probably. With Dak in, I'm right there with you. I make it, I make it, uh, well, actually, I make it higher than that. I have Dallas's offense just rated so high right now, just what, what they're able to do at certain times. Yeah, and there's not, no I, doubt. I kind of had to throw out parts of the Chargers game because they, they made a conscious effort not to roll out the best of the offense in the second half and just slow roll that team and keep, uh, keep the ball away from Justin Herbert, which was, Honestly, a weird, a weird thing to do, I guess. But it did work. They got that win. They should have beat the Patriots by more. The, the fact that they let them in—that was a—that was a game that they sort of dominated from a just a metric standpoint. So, I, I have the Dallas offense rated higher than some people. I think so. I'm, I'm hoping this is just—and you know what? I'm, I'm convinced myself. I just saw somebody else smart tweet this out that probably a speculative move like what i said there is like this being the number halfway in between dak and the backup yeah yeah um just to kind of because uh, if the books did this you know just based on some people's action and then they took some action and said well we're gonna find a middle position here because we don't have to cross any key numbers to do so yeah exactly i think that's probably probably fair so i I think i've talked myself into that because again like if, if if Dak were out and somebody you know had that information, well, yeah, and they pull- had that information. This is like minus four, minus five, and they they'd pull it off the board too, right? Um, <laughs> that's, that's the thing too. You know, it might not be up at places. That's where I think they're fine bouncing between the two yeah. halves. Yeah, I think they're completely. You know, I think that Vegas is completely fine taking taking. Yeah, exactly. These two and a halfs on each side, and uh, you know they know enough and have. Uh, you know, have enough data to to position themselves on the correct side on Sunday for sure. So, but that's the last game on the card. Anybody has any questions? Go ahead and jump up here. I'll continue to kind of pick Andy's brain while I have you. But yeah, anybody has any questions? This is the time. Jump up here. Any games that we didn't cover? If you got your favorite team playing and we didn't talk about them, jump up here and ask us, and we will uh, 
we'll get to it for sure. Uh, let me ask you, Andy, any teams, you know, we've been through seven weeks. Are there any teams you're looking to bet on going forward that are undervalued that you like, you know, the next three or four weeks that you think are undervalued? Yeah, I, I've started to dig in a little to the schedules, but at the same time, we do this at the beginning of the year, and it's like, you know, you can say, well, this is an easy schedule, and then all of a sudden a couple teams are playing up, or, you know, maybe you had you had Cincinnati and a couple, so a couple of other teams that are overperforming on the schedule, and all of a sudden that easy stretch of the schedule doesn't look so easy anymore. Obviously, we talked about Indy a little bit ago having kind of an easy stretch through the middle part here. Um God, if, if they get this, if Andy gets this game against Tennessee, they yeah. go Jets and Jacksonville after that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. What a, what a, you know, obviously a really tough, tough stretch with Buffalo and Tampa after that, but then they go Houston by New England. They got the Raiders late in the season. The Raiders are peaking a little right now. I don't know if that's true signal, if that team is actually that good. Although sure. the, the offense has looked uh, pretty fun at times, despite uh, the fact that they lost their they're Chucky in, in certain ways. I don't I don't know if there's a team I've really identified as like a team I'm going to bet on. I, I do take it week to week quite a bit as far as like is the market overreacting to something? Has the market sure. underreacted to something? How do my numbers rate a team? It's, I, I think Dallas is probably the perfect example. Like I touched on just a second ago, like I, I make that offense a lot better than the market. I think I have them as like my fifth best team. You know, just despite the fact that they oh, play yeah, a couple yeah. of close games. That's what I have. Dallas says five. Yep. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that's Colts are a good look. I picked up Carson Wentz in fantasy just because he has the uh, the Jets and the Jaguars next, so that's definitely a good look. I I kind of lean towards the Vikings too as kind of being undervalued. Um, like you said, if they pick up this game, you know, then they've got a couple of easier games going forward, and uh, you know, they're they're right at the top fighting for the top of that division as well, or at least fighting for a playoff spot. But I think the Colts is an interesting look there as well. What a Yeah, I talked to somebody about the Vikings and Bears. I said, God, they, they both have like shots at getting, you know, five, six wins throughout the rest of the season if things hash out right. I'm like, if they split with each other, because they haven't played each other yet, but if they split with each other, they're probably just both out of the playoffs. But if one of those teams goes two and zero against the other one, right. and a couple things, you know, a couple coins would end up this way. We're going to end up with a weird seven seed, you know, in in the NFC. And uh, you know, I'm not sure who you'd make your seven seed right now, but I've I've all but penciled in, you know, four division winners at this point. Especially, yeah. You know, I mean, the, between the Rams and the Cardinals, I mean, just. One of them's going. One of them's going as wild card. It's like it's like the Giants and the Dodgers at this point. Like they're just heads and tails above everyone right now. And then you know Dallas just with the rest of the NFC East looking the way they are. Green Bay only having one loss, and the rest of the teams being very middling at this point. Plus Detroit, and then you know just Tampa Bay being Tampa Bay. So I mean the the five the like five NFL or excuse me top five NFC playoff spots are kind of just locked in almost even though we're a long way from the end of the season and many many things can happen outside of you know you, you could lose any one of those quarterbacks or some key cluster injuries and the team can go sideways and pear shaped in a hurry but outside of that it's like New Orleans probably gets a spot yeah like San Francisco and Seattle you know we talked about like all the teams in the west were vying for playoff spots Seattle's obviously dicked with 
Russell out. And yeah. San Francisco is just not playing good ball, and they're not winning coin flip games at all. Yeah, they're out. So that leaves you with like you know, you know, New Orleans probably is six, and then that leaves you with Minnesota. Yep. Um, you know, Chicago, Carolina, Atlanta. Yeah, that's tough maybe, to get maybe there. Even with... like Philly and Washington, if some things hash out right. So, I think that's something to look at. Is in all those teams, find somebody maybe with a bit of value to make the playoffs if you have those markets open. Sure. Like, uh, it's it's hard to make. You know, I just named a bunch of teams. It's just those are some those are some ugly dogs. Just some, some ugly, yeah. hard to love teams right now. But right, they get a couple know, one, things. One of those teams yeah. I named is gonna make the playoffs i mean it's that's crazy a team like san francisco if they get things right you know they have a stretch where they play jacksonville minnesota they play atlanta they play you know obviously the teams in their own division if they can pick up some games there they're in but you know none of these teams have a a super soft landing throughout the end of the season because they all play the the good teams within their division so it's it's really tough to take a stand on who's going to end up in the seventh seed yeah, well, like you said, I mean, the Falcons are terrible, it seems like. They haven't played anybody, really. But all of a sudden, they have three in a row, and they get the Panthers this weekend. And, you know, they'll be they'll be four and three if they win that. But we do have one request from a uh, friend of the show, Rom. How's it going, Rom? What's up, man? Get him, uh, get, hit that mic button, and he'll be unmuted. How's it going, Rom? Good, how about you guys? Good, what's up, man? A uh, couple of games. Uh, he's. I mean, he was. Andy was talking about uh, ugly teams. Maybe I'll use that as a segue. We'll yeah. Ask about two ugly teams potentially. One is uh, Detroit. Uh, is this kind of uh, win number one? Given, uh, I mean, Philadelphia is completely looking like garbage. I don't think they really have a QB. And uh, the other one is uh, is Carolina. Like, I mean, Carolina has looked bad, but is this the kind of where Sam Donald kind of looks? Okay, not terrible when he's facing Atlanta. Absolutely. Yeah, Detroit, man, what they did early in the game, it's kind of like the, I wish they would have saved that for the Philly game. Like, do all that that wild stuff against a team you could actually beat. Sure. Like, I guess, you know, uh, Campbell flew too close to the sun there and used used all the fun stuff early against the Rams, ended up getting up 10-0. Man, if you're up 10-0 against Philly, win that game like 85 percent of the time sure philly's offense is kind of a mess i, I wish they would have saved that because like they get a win going into the bye feeling really good about themselves finally get off the schneid because it can't be fun for those guys you know playing so hard and just having i mean minnesota and baltimore just snatching wins away from them at the end and playing playing halfway tough against some of these i mean the san francisco game they were not really in it, but man, they were kind of in it at the end. You know, they, they are a squirrely team at times. They just don't have the talent on offense. And if, if Philly's defense is continuing to underachieve and the offense looks the way they do, and obviously I, I don't think Sirianni is probably the right guy for the job, like definitely a spot where, you know, if, if you're thinking about backing Detroit, I'm probably taking half that stake and putting it on money line too. Yep, yep. Like just, I, I don't think Campbell's smart analytically, but he's aggressive by accident. That's kind of working. So, I mean, if, if he's continued to being aggressive in, in key spots that works out, this is, yeah, they're, they're live to win this game despite the, a lot of problems with this team. So a couple of bad teams going at it, so that, that's a fun time to play, take a dog. And I mean, the same thing with Carolina. The, and this is the funniest thing to me, too, is the NFC player of the week for defense was an Atlanta Falcon. 
Like the, the odds on that happening this year probably pretty low that's crazy uh, nobody's, nobody's hanging that market but that'd be a fun one to see sometimes just, i didn't know that like the atlanta defense isn't good <clears throat> it is in atlanta and carolina's defense is still you know it wasn't the juggernaut people were touting in week three after they you know you well you you know you'd play the jets in houston at that point things were probably looking a lot better but it is still a good defense, and you know Atlanta's played a lot better. The, the last three games for Matt Ryan have been clean. He's looked good, yeah, yeah. but it's still a team that lets you in late. So yeah, those, those aren't uh, those aren't favorites. I'm excited about backing. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. To kind of echo that a little bit. Very good questions, Rom, and thanks for jumping up here, Bud. I appreciate it, man. Good to hear from you. Um, Start with the uh, the Lions game that you asked about. It does look like a look like a pretty nice spot to back the Lions for sure. Um, I kind of go back to that the uh, the spot that the uh, Bengals were favored by three and a half at the at the Lions two weeks ago, I believe. Um, and they just you know the Detroit is absolutely crushed. But I you know I don't think the Eagles' offense or or defense is anywhere near the caliber of the of the Bengals. So I think you know I. I don't think you can make that line the same. Um, when I do look at my numbers, I do have the Eagles favored a little bit, closer to five. But with Nick Sirianni and um, and their defense, I would I would kind of hesitate to back that. Obviously, there's a reason I haven't backed that. And I agree with what Andy said about the money line. I can easily see this a spot where where Dan Campbell gets the guys fired up to you know to feel like this is their first win of the season. So I could easily see them staying within the number and getting their first win. So it's kind of a, a rare instance where I'm kind of against my numbers. Um, it's not going to be a play for me, but I do like I kind of do like the uh, the you know them getting the hook and the plus three and a half at home. Uh, the next game I feel much much stronger about. Um, I had this game listed, and I will probably send it out. I broke it down, you know for a few hours just trying to find the biggest angle um, in the Panthers at the Falcons because I watched a lot of that Falcons game against the Dolphins last week and it's amazing that they could stay with the Dolphins who probably the one of the worst secondaries in the NFL probably one of the worst defenses in the NFL Miami um, but one of the biggest things I have circled for the Panthers at the Falcons is the uh, Panthers pass rush against uh, against Matt Ryan and against the Falcons offensive line um, just looking at some of the numbers panthers are third in adjusted sack rate fourth in pass rush win rate according to espn's metric and then when you look at the same thing on the other side the falcons are 24th in pass block win rate um and they just have not they just really have not done much other than other than matt ryan just playing out of his mind um, this, you know, Matt Ryan's 36 years old and he's just playing insane. I tweeted this out, uh, yesterday, I believe, but he's the last four weeks is first in EPA per play. Uh, you know, that's, that's amazing of all of these great, great quarterbacks in the NFL for a 36 year old Matt Ryan to be first in EPA per play. The last four weeks is pretty crazy. Um, you know, and then you look into some of the teams that they've played, is the you know last four weeks with the Giants, Washington football team, the Jets, they had their bye week, and then they played the Dolphins last week. So these are legitimately some of the worst four teams in the NFL. Um, and so this will be a significant step up. And what what the um, you know other than pass rush, what the Panthers defense does well is is uh, their secondary and defend the pass. They're ninth against the pass according to DVOA. 
So I think this is a significant step up for the Pat for the uh, Falcons. And uh, yeah, you're going to give me three points, even three. I took three and a half uh, today, minus 120. I think that is probably one of my favorite bets of the week. Um, you know, I don't think that Atlanta should be favored over anybody, um, especially not a team with the with a sufficient defense. Uh, obviously, there's some, you know, when you look at the other side of the ball, Carolina's offense against Atlanta's defense, there's some questions, you know, for Sam Darnold. He's been playing absolutely terrible. The kid is dog shit. But then, you you know, when you look at Atlanta's defense, it's 30th against the pass, 28th against the rush, 28th in adjusted sack rate. They have no pressure on the on the quarterback at all. He should be able to at least get the ball to DJ Moore or to some of his uh, playmakers. So, yeah, I'm with you, Rom. I really like the Panthers on this in this spot. I love them. You know, if you can get three. I, like I saw it, said earlier, like I said, a minute ago, it's like it's. I think it's plus three, plus one hundred mainly across the board. So, buy that up to plus three and a half, minus one twenty. I think that's a that's a pretty solid play. But uh, yeah, thank you for the question. I was hoping someone brought that game up because I had a bunch of <laughs> bunch of notes on the <laughs> shitty Panthers at the Falcons. So thanks, Rom. Anybody else that has any questions, jump up here. Um, we'll kind of kind of uh, slowly wrap this up. So we can get to the Thursday night football game, which is just kicking off. And uh, you know, I'll kind of I'll kind of pose a couple questions to Andy here. But if anybody has any other questions, jump up here for sure. Last one I got for you, Andy. All right, no odds. Ignore the odds. You have to take one team to win the Super Bowl. Who you got? Ignore the odds. Oh. It's so hard to separate my brain from betting on value on numbers and stuff. Know, right? So just yeah, every every team is every team is the same number. Man, just because later in the year that like it's hard not to just go back to Tampa. Like nobody has that much talent on the offense and the defense. Right. When they're full, when they're fully healthy, the team's just a truck. Like if all the receivers are healthy and the secondary is healthy. You just have such a savvy, savvy coach, savvy quarterback, three top end receivers, like three receivers that are the number one on like 20 yeah. different teams. Yeah, legitimate. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't even know if you can say a top five tight end anymore. Gronk's great. There's just so many really good tight ends now. He's still a very, very good tight end. Yeah. You know, they actually have good back. They have two good backup tight ends. They have good. They're getting they're getting value out yeah. of Lenny Fournette somehow, which is wild. And the, yeah. you know they have a good a good pass rush, a good front. Vita Vea is a monster against the run. Really good linebackers. Obviously, hopefully David plays this week for them. And and the secondary, it's a weakness because it's injured. But when they're healthy, they play all right. Yeah, it's probably still a weakness when they're healthy, just because you know the rest of somebody has to be the worst unit. And right. They probably are just based on everything else is so good. But I mean, Tampa with the repeat if they're healthy is is pretty tempting. Yep. Yeah, I don't think I could take anybody else. The only thing is the uh, yeah the the fact that it's so difficult to repeat. Uh, maybe lean towards the Bills just because they have maybe an easier easier road but I, I would definitely if I'm you know looking at my numbers and nothing else yeah I'm, I'm just taking the value on the Buccaneers I think you know if I can you know if there's no no numbers no odds associated for sure so I agree I agree with you all right if nobody has anything else we'll kind of wrap this up this game's about to get started and uh you know it's, we've gone about yeah about an hour and 22 minutes which is about normal broke down six of the biggest games 
Um, and yeah, chatted with Andy and, and kind of got to pick his brain a little bit. So uh, first is, you know, want to say thank you, Andy. Thanks for jumping on here, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I know you're crazy busy this time of year and crazy busy with all kinds of uh, different things going on. So thank you for jumping on here, Andy. I really appreciate it, man. Um, and every week this will be transitioned into a podcast. So tell your friends, subscribe on podca- on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, so next week, if you don't make it in, you can uh, you subscribe and it'll, the podcast will be right there. Um, so what's thanks, the, everybody. The name of the podcast? You got to say the name of the podcast. It's just a weekly NFL space, is all it's called. Weekly okay. NFL Twitter space with Rusty Bill, and I would think if you uh, you type that in, it should be on there, and you can you can subscribe. But you know, I'm you know kind of taking a page out of Andy and Drew's book and just creating content every day. You know, that's it. They just create a ton of content and. Uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you a ton for jumping on here, Andy. I appreciate it, man. Good chatting with you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Good luck with all your bets this weekend. Yeah. Hopefully uh, any anything you have tonight bricks out, and hopefully Tanya doesn't hurt you too bad. Yeah, no, we're looking for points tonight, and uh, yeah, no no touchdown for Tanya unless you bet on it and uh, touchdown for Aaron Jones. Maybe maybe just a one yard touchdown, the first touchdown score for Tanyan. There you go, yeah. Nine. Get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And then and then maybe uh, maybe just sits the rest of the game for you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is perfect. The game's just getting started. So yeah, go enjoy the game. Thanks a ton, Andy. Good chatting with you, man. Eventually we would I'd love to get you and Drew on here for like a, a you know, a uh, playoff game or something like that before the playoff, first round of the playoffs, break it down, something like that would be awesome. Yeah, we have a little more time on Thursdays during the playoffs. There's no Thursday night playoff games yet. Right. Yeah, I yeah. Something silly like that. They're doing a Monday night wild card, so who knows what the hell with the Raj has got up his sleeve. But yeah, but it sounds good. Again, appreciate you having me on, and yeah, thanks for everyone who stopped in. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, man. Good luck with everything. Good luck with Bet Spurts, and uh, yeah, anybody that's listening or listening in the future, check out Bet Spurts. Check out the Deep Dive podcast. Check out, you know, go give Andy a follow. Thanks a ton for anybody tuning in here. All right, we're going to log off. Week 8 NFL Twitter space over and out. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Canceled it. I turned it off. We played outside for like 20 minutes. Oh no, this is not off.